Welcome everyone to another Tech Experience podcast from Connection. On this episode, we are going to be focusing on the E-Rate program. We're going to share with you some background on the program. We'll talk about how it's changed over the years. We're also going to talk about a few recent changes that are worth noting, things you should know about. We're going to break down some important dates and deadlines for school districts to be aware of, and we'll wrap things up with a few examples of how our Connection team has supported schools around the country in navigating the E-Rate process. So let's get into it. James Hilliard with you. Happy to be sitting in the host seat today. With me is Tom Halberta. He is the director of E-Rate with Connection, part of our public sector solutions group. Tom has been part of the E-Rate program for a good 20 plus years, various roles. We're glad to have him in the role now, the director role here at Connection. Best guy to talk to about the program and what it can mean for schools out there. Tom, let me do this. My understanding at the high level, and I'll have you kind of fill in a majority of the gaps and details here, but high level, it's schools, it's libraries in the U.S. uh, that are eligible. They can get big discounts on telecom gear. They can get discounts on internet access, things like that, kind of the plumbing of all the technology on uh, school sites, et cetera. But I'm missing a lot there. So you fill in the gaps. What what else can this program really do for schools? Yeah, James, thanks. The the program's been around for a long time. It was actually created from the modification of the Telecommunications Act back in 1996. Um, So the program's been around quite a while and it's broken into two categories. Category one, which is is really uh, telecommunication services, um, which includes everything from dark fiber to uh, telecommunications, T1 lines, um, and then category two, which is kind of the infrastructure, cabling, uh, switches, routers, Wi-Fi access points, all the technology that we need today to enable the curriculum and enable the instructional side of the house. Um, There's currently about $4.2 billion available in the program for both categories this fiscal year. So uh, it's, it's a very healthy program. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and again, I mentioned plumbing. You just said, again, uh, Cat 1, that heavy uh, iron, if you will, of the, the networking and the communication lines, et cetera. And then Cat 2 is the internal stuff. I've got three kiddos doing some homeschooling with me right now uh, as we're recording this conversation. And I know a lot of districts spend a lot of money getting those uh, uh, notebooks out to students this year, dealing with a lot of the e-learning. But one thing I do notice still to this day, many months into it, is there are still a lot of network problems and there's some bandwidth problems. And it seems like that's an area where a lot of schools are still needing some investment. Money's tight these days. And I I don't know if they realize that so much is out there, that big pool you mentioned, four plus billion dollars, to upgrade those networks because I see a lot of problems. It's not it's not the teaching that's the problem these days. It's the interruption of the teaching with some of these network issues. That's something I've experienced. Have you been hearing that from some of the schools that you're out there talking to? Yeah, the entire K through 12 education paradigm system has been shifted to now a blended methodology. And the, the districts historically have always planned on internal connections, campus to campus, classroom to classroom. And today it's remote access and it's really caused a, a shift from their technology plans. And 
a lot of our customers are using the E-rate program to make those modifications and get that funding. Funding, James, goes all the way from 90% discount down to 20% discount, depending on the district's eligibility. And that's based on the district's free and reduced lunch program. So the higher the count for the students, the more discount the, the district will get. Gotcha. Gotcha. And one thing I understand, because I've had a a few conversations over the years, Tom, with uh, other members of your team there at Connection about E-Rate, and there had been a, uh, again, I'll go back to the mid-90s, as you'd mentioned as well, when this program was kind of revamped and and came out to be. Uh, It it had been cumbersome for folks to try and get through the process. And again, a lot of this might be uh, administrators and principals and those of the district uh, trying to go through the process and the funding and the paperwork. And it was cumbersome. My understanding and it's, that's gotten easier over the years. So maybe if someone had tried this you know, six, seven years ago and just threw their hands up in dismay and said, forget it, not worth the headache, it's easier these days to go through the process. That's my understanding. Yeah, the SEC and, and the company they outsource it to, USAC, um, has automated the process, which helps a lot. The other thing that helps, James, is back in 2015, the FCC announced an, uh, a modification to the E-rate program. Uh and what they did was they changed the funding from going from all the 90% districts historically to allow all the districts from 90% down to 20% to get funding. Historically, what happened from 1996 to 2014 is that all the districts that were 90% would get all the funding and anybody below 89% never got funded. So for years, a lot of districts stopped re- requesting funds. But in today's environment, those districts that are applying are getting funded, regardless of the funding rate. Man, and that, I can see how that could be so frustrating for those in that you know eighty to, to fifty range. I mean, really anyone that was uh, below that cutoff of the ninety, but in that right with those that were there were on the cusp. Um, I had mentioned that again. A lot of it, it's the principals, it's the admins, it's the superintendents, it's those folks that go kind of through the process of requesting and getting the funding through the E rate program. But at the end of the day, it is our IT teams on the ground that are you know putting the gear in place and pulling those wires and installing access points and all. Do you see today better coordination between those groups, understanding kind of what the program is, what the needs are, working together to get the best, you know, again, opportunities out of this program? Yeah, I talked to superintendents, uh, directors of curriculum, directors of technology and CIOs all the time, and it's truly understanding what the requirement is. And your point earlier, you know, the, the school districts, their product is education, the product of the students. In the IT department, their product is enabling that education. Um, so it, it is hand in hand, hand in glove, understanding what the requirements are on the instructional side, and then have IT come in and provide that electricity, the plumbing, if you will, to enable that infrastructure. And we've done some major, major projects um, across the country um, from anywhere from a single campus, a new construction, to a multi-site deployment, complete infrastructure, forklift as we call it, um, as many as 240 campuses district-wide, 250 students, 250,000 students. Um, so we, we've done large projects, we've done some small projects, but everybody can benefit from the, from this program. And that's really that's really where it is. And it's a very easy program to participate in. 
And, and, and tell me what, and we're, we're going to get folks uh, a couple minutes here. We'll get a little more detail from Tom on those stories of, of, of some of the, the lifts that Connection has been involved in and in getting these schools uh, really modernized and, and, and then providing, obviously, the best education they can utilizing technology out there. But tell me what makes it easy, uh, redesigned, finally a user-friendly uh, portal that people can use. Uh, what's it like? I, I've, I've been to many a government website now and again and not the easiest to navigate. Yeah, yeah, it really is. They've, they've really broken it down to only really four basic um, things. Um, the most important critical component for a district or from a library's perspective is to have a fair and open competitive bidding process. Um, and, and, and that's really, you know, the government doesn't want to overpay for something. Um, so if, if districts and libraries follow their local procurement uh, requirements, uh, that should fit the bill. Um and then w- once awarded, uh, sign a contract with your service provider, and um, off we go. You, the district would uh, submit a, what's called a Form 471, um, requesting funding. Their request would probably go through a selective review, uh, and then they're funded. And then off, off to the races we go when we start the project. Um, there's really nothing preventing. Um, it's not cumbersome. It's, it's not labor-intensive. Um, there are a lot of local and national E-rate consultants um, that can help districts, but I, I've talked to thousands of districts over the years. Um, typically, everybody has somebody in their district that understands the E-rate program or has participated in the program. Let's do this. I'd mentioned at the top of this, Tom, that we had some changes. Uh, not too many. It's not a drastic overhaul, but a couple changes that we wanted to outline here. Uh, so, so what are, are, are the top level changes that uh, folks should be aware moving into the new kind of E-rate season here? And we'll talk about those dates here in a moment. The way the program is funded has changed this year a little bit. Over the years, the FCC every year does somewhat of a tweak or a change to the program depending on the requirements. Um, so, you know, for an average school district, their level of funding has increased per student, which is good year for a five-year span. Um, they've made the program easier. Um, they've added some technologies. And if if any of your listeners would go to uh, the USAC, USAC.org website, the entire process, the four or five forms required, um, all the technology, the availability, and the eligibility of the technology is out there, both in Category 1 and Category 2. So all the communication services and all the infrastructure services that are eligible are out there. And there's also calculators on how the district can calculate their level of discount. Uh, so it truly has been an automated process. All right. Yeah, it does seem easier to to go through. And again, the districts these days are, are facing uh, budget shortfalls or, you know, uh, um, labor force shortfalls as well. We've got a lot of folks doing a lot to try and keep education happening and the remote learning happening and all that. And so having an easy process, this is it doesn't sound like it's something that's going to add a whole lot to somebody's plate necessarily as a super heavy lift. And again, back to how things were. Do all this work just to not get funded. Looks like a lot of funding is is going through here. Let's talk a little bit. Uh, I don't want to go belabor the point too much because folks can reach out. And we're going to give contact information at the end so they can uh, really dial in on these dates. But there are a few key dates and date ranges of people kind of rolling in some of the applications and when funding may come through. So kind of lay those out for us. Yeah, James, there's, there's really four key uh, date, data points that we need to capture. One is the competitive, competitive bidding process. 
the competitive bidding process window is open. And again, if you go to the USAC website, you'll see the form 470. Uh, the important thing for districts to understand the 470 or the RFP needs to be open and available to the general public or the different, different resellers for 28 days before an award. Um, so that's the competitive bidding process. That, that window should close mid-March um, of 2021. The 471 filing window, the application for the funding, um, should open late January and close late March of next year. And the E-rate program overall is on a fiscal year, July 1 through June 30th. So the actual funding window will open July 1st, 2021. So the, the window is open now for districts to apply for those funds that will be available July 1st of next year. Uh, so now is the critical window. The third important date is the service start date, which again on the USAC form would be form 486. Um, so once once funded, a district can start and submit their form 486 and start the project. Um, and the fourth key point is that this year they made a change where applicants, the districts can start their projects April 1st of the fiscal year instead of waiting until July 1st. Again, trying to get that technology in the district hands for use. Yeah, as soon as possible. Again, USAC.org, so USAC.org? Correct, yes. All right. And again, folks, if you didn't jot down all these, obviously you can just rewind if you want. Uh, or again, the, the website usac.org to see those dates. The forms are available there, as Tom has mentioned, kind of automated. Here's what I was was really looking forward to, Tom, as we were going to talk in. And I appreciate uh, laying out a lot of these details, a lot of kind of information to share up front. But let's talk about your team you, what Connection has done on helping some. You, you teased a little bit earlier, but uh, give me an idea if you can and a little more detail what maybe some of the type of gear was, some of the companies we've worked with to really make some of this uh, uh, take place, get the technology in the schools. And I'm assuming a lot of this is in the CAT2 area, right? The access points, the internal wiring, things like that. Yeah, James, we've done all kinds of different projects with a, with a lot of different manufacturers. Right? That's really one of our strengths. We're agnostic. So we look at the district's uh, current infrastructure uh, and where they're trying to go, what bridges they're trying to build, and uh, we bring in the other partners we need to fill those gaps. So we do a complete technology design um, and then an implementation plan, right? All of our projects are managed by project managers, um, depending on the size and scope and, and how many locations. Um, again, across the country, we've, we've done run all states anything from two or three campuses, a standalone new construction environment to a multi-campus rollout. We've done as many as 18,000 access points in one large district with 240 campuses. A lot of technology refreshes. The gear's been on the ground five years, six years, and technology evolves so quickly that the districts are ready to do a forklift upgrade, apply that new technology. We've done dual access in classrooms, meaning not just one access point, but two, due to the new demand of one-to-one -one ratios uh, for computers to students. And a lot of access control, uh, to your point earlier about your kids having access remotely. Uh, we do a lot of outdoor antennas, um, so we light up campuses so parents could literally drive to the campus and have outdoor access. Uh, we've put access points in buses and then districts will park those buses in low-income areas 
to allow parents uh, give their students access to the network. Uh, so a lot of creativity. And what we try to do is just listen to what the requirements are of the district, both from the curriculum side, instructional side, as well as technology side. And then we build that plan to get them to their goal. And as you were telling me that's uh, sharing that information, I was seeing the bus. I'm like, man, that's creative. And then you throw out that word creative. And, and that's one of the neat things that seems about this program is that you can get very creative with the use of technology. It allows us to expand beyond just that classroom that we're so used to equipping with technology. I mean, I, I was one of the first guys rolling on one of the cows, like an Apple IIe as a fifth grader down to my kindergarten classroom because the kindergarten teacher who uh, was a fan of mine and I enjoyed being in her class way back then, she knew nothing about technology way back in the day. Right. And so uh, but but we had to do it there. Now, the expansion of the use of technology and, and the bus exam, I loved uh, loved hearing that. Let me ask you this, Tom, and, and I'm going to we'll give some contact information here in just a moment, folks. But um, anything come to mind, any person, really superintendent, maybe a principal, someone that reached back out to you, our connection team after we helped them through an E-rate type process. And they came back and said, you know what, Tom, we knew we were going to put this stuff in and we expected some things, but this is what we got out of it. It was something maybe unexpected or an aha moment or just relieved so much of some type of tension somewhere. What comes to mind? Yeah, they, they do often. And, and again, as we have these weekly project meetings, we understand where we are within the project, um, what, what problems we've solved and what problems we've uncovered. Uh, great case in point, a lot of teachers are not familiar with this new technology. So how can Connections step up and help them provide education training to the teacher's environment to get them up to speed on that new technology? Because what we've realized over the years, we've, we've rolled out a lot of technology. I've been involved with over $2 billion of projects in the E-rate program, right? And we roll out this technology and we realize it's just not getting utilized because the teachers, the instructional people are not familiar with that technology. And so we, we've got an entire staff of connections that can help educate, to train the trainer and roll out these programs to help get them educated. And tons of value there. I mean, you and I both could probably sit here for a while, talk about stories of new tech rollout, shiny new object, and then it just goes to waste because there wasn't that utilization. Someone forgot about it in the closet there. They didn't, you know, roll it out and, and educate uh, properly the use of said technology or what those benefits would be. So glad to hear that that's part of the program as well. Let's do this. I've got a little uh, contact information I'm going to share. But first off, uh, again, because you've been so uh, point and involved on so many projects, Projects, uh, I'm hoping we can drop your email address, phone number, something. So individuals that want to reach directly out to you and your team to get more information, again, especially since we're rolling through uh, some timing here where uh, we've got some windows of opportunity. Uh, what's the best way to, to reach out, Tom, to you and your team? Yeah, the best way, uh, my direct email address is thomas.halberta, H-A-L-B-E-R-D-A, at connection.com. Direct cell number is 512-639-9522. You can reach out to your local account manager or your local BDM. Um, they can assist. We've got several members on the team that have a lot of E-rate experience. Uh, we'll be happy to get you to the right resources. 
No, oh, that, that that's perfect. Dropping the, the cell phone out there. I love it. We always get the email, sometimes that office phone. But Tom's saying, hey, reach out to me, folks. And especially, again, because we've got some of that timing come down the road. So, Tom, appreciate you taking some time out. Talk to us about the program, some of the changes that have taken place, the more ease of use, uh, user-friendly that it is. And, again, some of those examples of what uh, we can do in connection to help folks go through the process and ultimately what that technology has been able to do for you know students out there. Because at the end of the day, that's what, uh, that's what the focus here is. So, again, Again, folks, uh, reach out to Tom directly. You can rewind a little bit if you want to get that information, his email and cell phone number. You can also, again, reach out to your account reps and your BDMs. If you don't have a team in place, visit us online, connection.com. You can search E-Rate. We can also uh, get you in touch and get a team in place for you to help guide you through this process, have some of those planning phone calls, and then get you rolling and moving forward and act as a partner of yours moving forward through utilizing E-Rate this year and hopefully for years to come. As for our our podcast here. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and share. Also, if you'd like to be a guest or if you have any questions, you can feel free to email us. It is podcast at connection.com. On behalf of Tom, I'm James. Thanks for joining us, folks. Look forward to talking to y'all down the road.